Hello there. Welcome to the Nameless Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Adams. Listen, I say the, the, the name, uh, the Nameless Podcast, Lucy. We are going to be coming up with a name, but um, I thought we needed to get a few of these going and kind of, you know, work through what I want the podcast to be. Um, there's a couple of things that we are working through that I'm pretty set on. And uh, one of the kind of the sub headlines for us is business is what we do. It's not who we are. Um, sometimes we let business define, you know, a certain part of us and that, you know, kind of matriculates into our personal lives and we try to keep those separate. I'm a firm believer in the fact that, listen, you, you are the leader of one, um, and how you show up at home should be the same way you show up at work, should be the show way, the same way that you show up at church, which should be the same way that you show up, you know, kind of everywhere, um, and in this episode, I'm super excited to have Justin uh, on the on the podcast and interview him because he was our first hire. And a little, just a little bit of context. So Adams Technology Group uh, has been around since 2005, but we primarily were doing voice over IP and internet services. And in 2017, I decided that we were going to add our professional service divisions. Um, which was going to be our professional managed IT and consulting, and we named that Smatatech. Now, where did I come up with Smatatech? Well, if you look at Adams and you turn it around and look at it backwards, it's Smata, and then we added the tech. And we decided to get into the managed IT space. We needed uh, our help desk, you know, someone to answer the phones and respond to emails, and that first hire was Justin. And this interview is is really powerful. And I love having conversations with Justin because I think we've, we've actually, uh, have a really strong, deep relationship, um, professionally. And it, he is, he is responsible for us even being able to shoot this podcast. Right. I mean, he has taken the position and just like blown it up. We're in a spot where he thought we were going to be, and I didn't necessarily believe that it could be done. So uh, we go over the five years of kind of what Justin uh, has helped us uh, grow. Our customers love him. They um, they know him. He's now, uh, you know, responsible for all of our systems and whatnot. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed uh, having a conversation with Justin, our uh, solutions architect. Thanks. Hi, Justin. Hi. How are you? I'm all right. You? Well, uh, I'm excited to have you in here. Excited to be here. The studio. Looks great. How long have we been planning this? Uh, it's been like five years. Well, I don't know about five years, but it's <laughs> been maybe it seems like five years. But um, it's changed a little bit, but I think I think it's turned out pretty good. Yeah. I like the blue. I like the blue. I like my art, my photography. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It, it, it's <laughs> it's it's the cheapest photography I got. Yeah. All right. So, what? Uh, well, tell me what you who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Uh, well, I am Justin. Uh, I started about five years ago as a help desk tech, and at one point it was just down to you and I. And I had to build everything up, and we're here with 11 techs and rocking and rolling. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting for people to know that you are our first hire. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Employee zero zero one. Now, I guess if you don't count me. Right. So I'm probably zero zero zero. Well, where would Rich fit into that? Yeah, okay, but he wasn't really part of Smat Tech. Yeah, he's like ATG. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and or even on the UC Forge. Oh. Yeah. Right. So I think uh, you know, for the listeners, just a little bit of background. So Adams Technology Group is our parent corporation. And then in 2017? That was before me. 2018 is when I came on. Oh, yeah. So in 2017, we came up with the idea that we were going to start our managed uh, IT company, got the branding put all together, and launched that when we hired you in July of 2018. Mm -hmm. So you just came through your first uh, five years. Yeah. So just talk to us about, like, what it was in the beginning (laughs) which was a lot different than what we have now in the beautiful offices uh, out there. Um, Like when we hired you. Yeah. uh, The beginning was very uh, slow uh, just because it was, well, some days were slow. I mean, mean, some days I'd take a ticket and I'd work on that like all day long because I was still learning. Yeah. So, so slow day is a couple tickets uh, a day, like maybe three tickets a day. Okay. And what are we averaging on the floor right now? I think like over 50. Yeah. That's a big change. Oh, yeah. In five years. Yeah. And that's 50 uh, uh, tickets, not to mention all the other tickets that we've gotten some order, some process. There's a lot. I don't know what's in the total queue right now, but uh, it's more than, you know, a couple, three a day. Right. Yeah. I think our total queue hovers over 100 consistently, Um, but that's pretty typical. Yeah. Uh, Because not every ticket gets solved the same day. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we brought Chez on and those were my hands out in the field. Uh, Because at that point, I think we only had like two or three clients. But um, yeah, a lot of of helping him uh, work through his IT stuff, kind of guiding his hands and building him up and... um, we were still in fiber pipe at that point, uh, attached to the data center. Um, had a couple desks in that office. Uh, and yeah, and then we just started going through. Yeah, Matt Cleaner <coughs> with fiber pipe did us a great favor by giving us that sublease uh, for that space over there. Mm-hmm. So, talk to me about how you found the job posting, what the interview process was like, and did you think you were going to get the job? Uh, yeah, so I was at Verizon. At the time, uh, selling cell phones. I'm not a very good salesman. Uh, yeah, so no, you're not. No, my personality doesn't work <laughs> for that. Um, so selling was not doing great for me. Uh, so I started looking on Craigslist. Uh, and if I remember correctly, the Craigslist posting was very sparse and didn't have a whole lot of detail to it. But I threw out my resume and we found that email just recently. My first initial email to John. Yeah. Um, Set up the interview, uh, came into FiberPipe, uh, and for a second I thought I was getting a job at FiberPipe. So I was like, what am I doing here? Uh, sat down with you and Rich. Um, you guys gave me a couple questions. Some I knew, some I guessed on, and apparently I guessed correctly because I didn't think I was going to get a call back after I left the office. But a couple days later, you're like, hey, when can you start? Yeah. Yeah, I. so the thing is, um, so we were – 
in the office next to fiber pipe. And then fiber pipe was gracious enough. Now it's now Tonaquin to be, to be clear about that was, uh, and Matt Klinger was gracious uh, enough to let us use their professional <laughs> conference room, uh, for all the interviewees. Right. So you guys had to come through the door. Did we have to badge you in? Uh, no. Well, yeah, no, the, the front door is a fiber pipe. You need the badge. Oh yeah. Yeah. So then we got you in. Um, I remember that interview process and, uh, our interview process is significantly different now. Oh yeah. And I think the, the interesting thing for me is just right off the bat. Um, I don't know what, what went on in that interview, but it definitely wasn't the technical stuff that we liked. It was the non-technical stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And we talk about the technical and non-technical stuff, you know, all the time uh, in our organization. But, um, I, I think that's one of the gifts that I have is, is reading people. And, um, you were a good find because to be honest with you, we would not be sitting here. You and I would not be having this conversation. Those guys would not be sitting on the floor. Our customers would not be having the experience they would have had we not found you. Right. And, uh, so there's a big thank you, uh, for that. And I think we've talked about that, you know, before, I mean, your fingerprints, your digital fingerprints, uh, pause, whatever you want to call them, uh, are all over uh, our organization. And I think that's why I really want to sit down and have this conversation because it's really hard to put that into to like marketing on a website or put it into a slick or have these you know conversations um, is the fact that we really um, are very technically savvy, right? Mm-hmm. Our guys are super smart. But it's not the technical stuff that I think separates us in the market. It's our personalities. Right. You know what I mean? And I think um, that culture we've cultivated, um, and it it kind of started with with you unintentionally. Right. Now it's all intentional. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking for all that stuff too. So what um, – so I have a list of questions here, mm-hmm. right? I debated whether or not I was going to share these with you. Uh, these aren't – questions that we haven't talked about before, but I didn't share them with you because I really wanted to be a little bit more authentic, um, knee jerk, you know, kind of conversations, uh, about what we, what we did here. But the, the favorite question for you is what do you think our biz- biggest mistake has been in the last five years? Oh no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, let's just get right to it. And, um, may, and maybe mistakes are the wrong word, maybe challenge. Yeah, I, I think, um, our, one of our biggest challenges, and it's going to be the same challenge that a lot of businesses go through, is growing and the processes. Scalability. Yeah, putting in the processes for scalability and growth. Right. Um, I also really like that fiber pipe office, so I think moving away from there was kind of sucky. But, uh, you know, the corporate drive office was pretty good, too. Yeah. But I did a... Definitely a stepping stone. Right. So what about this space here? Oh, I love this space. I mean, this space is great. Yeah. Um, I like all the auxiliary offices out on the edge of the main floor, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I love the flow of this office. What do you think the, the kind of the biggest challenge was for us on the technical side of making sure that we were going to be able to grow and scale? Um, <clears throat> single pane of glass, uh, for most of our systems, Right, because um, we can't be in thirty different systems at a time. Um, so, you know, getting the 
without getting too technical, the management server for the watch guard, I think was big. Um, getting Ninja was big. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then getting, um, you know, like our, our security software Huntress, uh, was pretty big too. Yeah. Our security stack, obviously we spent a lot of time putting that, put that together and there's a YouTube video out there, um, where we talk about what do we got at like 13 or 14? Uh, yeah. Layers to our, yeah. And I think it's important for people to understand, you know, network, cybersecurity, whatever you're going to call it is not one thing. It's, it's a whole bunch of things. Right. Um, so through this, this like single pane of glass, right? So we talk about growth and we talk about scalability a lot here. Um, you know that I don't like the word work around, mm-hmm. uh, hack, uh, you know, all these industry terms, but what is the, the single most important tool, uh, that we use here on a day to day? What drives us? Mm. Uh, well, I mean, our most important tool is going to be our ticketing system because that's desk. how we, yeah, yep. fresh desk. Cause that's how we, uh, communicate with our customer or our clients and, uh, you know, make sure that they're getting taken care of. Yeah. Take me through the evolution of, of that. Oh, so, um, I, I mean, we started out with, you guys had a ticketing system when I came in. I think um, it was synchro. synchro. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, and it was clunky. Um, UI wasn't great. Uh, and then we, I don't know who picked out fresh desk, but I took a look at it. And I was like, this is great because it's like responding to an email at a Gmail um, where a lot of those PSAs or, you know, the the heavier hitting ticketing systems like ServiceNow or something. It's all very modular, but it's all very like you got to put a lot of work into it to make it functional. Um, but Freshdesk was right out of the gate, just easy to use. Yeah. And I think very um, the interface for the text for us was mm-hmm. super smooth. Um, and it was really, uh, interactive and easy to use for our clients. Right. Right. And I think, um, that was there. So tell me why we moved away from fresh desk. Um, we did have a bit of a spam issue where our emails were winding up in spam. Uh, and I spent quite a bit of time trying to figure that out. Uh, and we reached out to fresh desk support and Google support and we couldn't get it figured out. Um, and I think at that point we were frustrated with the lack of support that we were getting from our vendors. Uh, so that's when we started sourcing out, uh, I think it was Kaseya's uh, BMS. Yep. Uh, and then hopped on to Kaseya's BMS. And that was one of those heavy hitting ticketing systems where it's, it's really granular and you have to put a lot of work into it to get it to work nicely. Yeah. Um, and... You know, we tried that out for a few months, and it was okay, but it was missing a lot of the the fluidity of Freshdesk. Um, so we eventually called No Joy on that, uh, and then started looking at Datto. Um, you know, we were still on BMS, but then we looked at Datto, and Datto had a bunch of promises with a you know nice dashboard and whatnot. But once we got into it, uh, you know, their demos work great, but the actual product doesn't work so great. Well, I mean, just I remember the, uh, on my side, the QuickBooks integration. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have a QuickBooks integration. Well, it was it was the most terrible thing that uh, it really was not an integration. I mean, yeah, it, there was a webhook to do some other stuff, but it, it didn't fit into the workflow. Right. And I think that was also the case with um, with the BMS from Kaseya was those, I think those programs do good things for 
um, traditional old school break fix, you know, type environments. Right. But I think it's also important for people to understand that's not what we're doing here, right? Our business model is significantly different than, you know, the break fix model out there that these IT guys are, are trying to move into, you know, the subscription model. So Kaseya was, uh, I mean, we, we spent a fair amount of money on that deal. Um, was that a mistake? Sure. I guess you call it a mistake. It was more of a challenge, but I will tell you, had we not made that change and we had not made the change to Autotask, we wouldn't have moved back to Freshdesk and got that bad boy. I mean, cause Freshdesk is dialed in. Right. Yeah. Right? Freshdesk is great now. Yeah. And, uh, the workflows that we have and the way that we tag and, and take care of our customers, because what, what, what people have to understand is we have a very clear and defined vision statement, mission statement, and pillars, but we also have a very clear, defined mission statement for our help desk, and that's to answer every phone call within three rings and respond to every ticket within 29 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know what? I think most people would think, well, that sounds really good, and it does sound really good. What what most people, and I get to talk about, is how how, how do we do that? Because that takes a lot of processes. It takes a lot of, I mean, there's just so much to it, right? Mm-hmm. And Freshdesk uh, is the anchor point for all of that. I mean, all of our customer interactions start with that. Um, so I, I definitely would say it was a year, right? Wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, yeah, I think about we, a f- almost a full year that we were uh, experimenting for lack other. of a, right? With, right. Uh, cause there was the project management side there was the bookkeeping, the accounting side, the inventory, right? There was all these things that both those programs did, and they didn't do them very well. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, Kaseya's going through this thing right now where they just bought IT Glue. Right. Um, and we're not going to get into that, but IT Glue hasn't been as stable as is what they've been in the past, regardless of whatever our beliefs are on that. But that's a fact. And IT Glue is obviously one of our mainstays. Mm-hmm you know, for all that stuff too. So, um, so the ticketing system for us, right. I thought that was kind of an interesting thing about how we worked all through of that, um, process all based on how do we continue to complete the mission, answering the phone calls within three rings, responding to every single ticket in 29 minutes, all the benchmarks that we have to make sure that that is happening. Right. Right. And then, um, using all of our other tools and we're not going to get into that, um, integrate in with that, mm-hmm. but that's how we're able to, I mean, if people are like, well, what's the secret sauce? Well, I don't know there's a secret sauce, but you know, processes dialed in, you know, kind of to make that happen. So, right. so that's w- one of the bigger challenges. Um, what's been the most rewarding for you? Non-technical. Um, well, I mean, you and I have a lot of conversations, um, that doesn't really involve like business stuff. It's mm. more personal growth and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did give us a few books that, uh, you know, is about self-improvement and we work through those together as a company. Um, do you think that helped us as a company, as a young team? Yeah, I think it helped solidify the culture that we were going after. Mm. Um, but I, myself, I'm very different than I was five years ago. How um, so? I think, uh, a lot more, um, responsible um a lot more grown up i mean i went through some other things uh during that time period as well but uh, i stepped out of the 
you know, kind of mid to late twenties, uh, attitude into the early thirties and, you know, kind of set myself up for success in the future. Was there, was there a point where you knew that you were kind of the, the face of the, the technical side of what Smatech was doing and there was a, some responsibility that you wanted to have. And so you took it on. Um, yeah, uh, there was a very, um, standout moment for me. Uh, I think it was shortly after Rich went on to greener pastures, uh, and you and I were in the fiber pipe office and I was hard stuck on some issue and I was throwing one of my little temper tantrums or whatever. And you pulled me off the computer and looked at me and was like, can you do this? Do you want to do this? Do you want to try to do this? And right then, right then I, you know, kind of made the decision. Yeah, I'm going to give this my all. And here we are. Yeah, well, you know, back to the thing, Rich wouldn't have left had he known that you couldn't have done it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and he and I, and, and we've had those conversations before. All right, so non-technically, um, was there was there a particular book that uh, that that you read, uh, that we read as a team that kind of jumped out? Um, yeah, I think it was uh, Excellence Wins mm-hmm. about the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah, uh, yeah. and going above and beyond for your clients. Yep. Um, because that's typically how I've been throughout. Yeah, that one. Classic. Because <laughs> uh, I share a lot of um, of the same morals uh, that I would say horse uh, shares. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I'm dealing with clients and trying to work through an issue with them, you know, traditional IT guys might be a little holier than thou or, um, you know, just, I, I don't know. The, arrogant, yeah, condescending, arrogant. short. I, I would go with arrogant. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try and understand that, you know, my clients know things that I don't know. And uh, I know things they don't know. Um, and it's not a competition. We're just sharing information. Right. Um, so I try and keep, you know, level head, understanding. Anytime someone says this might be a stupid question. No, nah, no stupid questions with me. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and I think he, uh, you know, kind of tries to instill that with his uh, staff at the Ritz-Carlton as well. Yeah, and I think it it was the methodologies uh, that we've kind of uh, taken on from the book uh, to help us with growth and scalability, mm-hmm. right? Why it's important for us to uh, have a vision statement, right? What is our vision statement? Uh, to keep your computers and internet running fast and secure so your employees can grow your business. Uh, that's our mission statement, right? Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, vision no, statement. I, <laughs> it's the one sitting right here on uh, right, on right, the right. on the on the front of no, the side. No, we go over that every Friday. Yeah, uh, technology is what we do, not who we are. Yeah, I know that you were just testing me. No, I'm just under pressure right now with the yeah. camera right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, why do you think it's important for us to to make sure that we have those vision and mission statements? Uh, you know, it's our guiding light. Um, it kind of keeps the ship on track. Mm. Um, and without it, I mean, we'd be all discombobulated. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's kind of that North star for us all to ground ourselves back to about, you know, why are we, you know, doing this? Mm -hmm. Right. And I still think that, you know, it's not the technical stuff. Right. Right. I mean, you can get a firewall from any company. Right. I mean, you can just go to Amazon for all, all intents and purposes to get that. Right. You can right. get a Synology somewhere. You can, you know, get Windows 11. You get a PC. It's, 
you know, the person that you're going to be working with when there's an issue. And let's be honest in the fact that it's all fine and dandy until shit hits a fan. Mm-hmm. Right. And then when shit hits a fan, then we're going to find out how well that company, you know, responds. And I think we do a fantastic job because I mean, most of the phone calls that we're fielding every single day are people with problems, right? Right. Mouse don't work. Printer's not working, which, which we hate, but QuickBooks. quick, quick books <laughs> seems to be a big thing right now. They're doing a lot of updates, breaking a lot of stuff. I think Jason out there has been fantastic mm-hmm. and keeping on top of that stuff too. So, um, all right. What's been the most rewarding non-technical or technically, where have you seen yourself grows, uh, the most as a technician? Uh, definitely my networking stuff. Mm. Um, cause when I came aboard, you know, I was tier one help desk, um, uh, pretty good with outlook pretty good with windows 10 but my concepts of networking were way off base yeah um and so going through the WatchGuard training uh going through a ton of forums experimenting labbing all that stuff it really improved my networking to where i have a pretty good grasp on it i don't know everything but i know where to find the answer oh yeah that's important um and you know i got certified in WatchGuard, got us a you know upgraded partnership level which is great um, yeah. And then that turned me on to home labbing. So I do all this at home as well with different firewalls at home. So, um, yeah, definitely my, uh, networking, uh, coming up was really great. Yeah. I think one of the impressive things that I love about you is the fact that you're always, uh, obviously out there reading, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and then to, uh, sandboxing that stuff. And then you're always coming to me with like, hey, what do you think about this, mm-hmm. right? Um, and sometimes it's the fact that, listen, I, don't, I mean, I don't know anything, but, I mean, we can give it a try, right? right? We're not going to figure out whether it works or doesn't work until we, we get after it. Um, the way that you tackled uh, what are we using for, I don't even know, what uh, for all of our dashboards that you guys have over there on for a red team. Oh, uh, mix of Grafana and uh, Libra NMS. Yeah, right, and the way that you've got that, all set up so we know exactly how many desktops servers are online servers are offline virtual how many of those are virtual machines i mean why did you why did you think it was important for you to create those dashboards uh well one you know big numbers are cool Uh, (laughs) um big numbers and cool colors right exactly yeah uh but no it was it was good for us to see live data um, instead of waiting for an email notification to fire off. Um, and w- I'm also able to see, you know, how many organizations we have uh, under our MSP services. Um, and if, you know, if I see desktop counts kind of rising unexpectedly, I know something's going on or dropping off unexpectedly. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a really good way to kind of baseline where we're at with a lot of our uh, services. Right. And why is that important for the for our blue team, for our help desk? Um, well, why is it important for our customers? You know, just so we can be proactive and keep on top of it. Um, and they don't have to wait for us to, or wait for them to notify us that an issue is going on because we monitor, you know, the health and status of QuickBooks, any of their special applications. Um, and their internet connections, internet connections, jitter, latency, backup network. Right. I mean, if the, the we have, I've always uh, kind of joked about this with uh, with some of the local ISPs like Syringa, Sparklight. We definitely know more about CenturyLink, CenturyLink's network mm-hmm. than CenturyLink does. But 
we have so much historical data for all of our networks um, that we are, it's important for us to be proactive. Now, granted, our roots are in voice over IP, right? Right. So monitoring all that stuff back in the day, there was no quality of service, right? We were just trying to send as, you know, as much voice traffic out the most, the, the least, uh, utilized, way utilized <laughs> way. So we had uh, low latency, low jitter. So we had, you know, good voice calls. That's definitely changed a little bit now. But having, you know, how many networks do we see go down tonight? Oh, the, the, uh, I mean, when fifteen are, I, to twenty, yeah, at least. Yeah, all of our, all these guys are are doing updates and and you know all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. we're proactive enough if we see a network go down, who's ever on call sees a notification, goes down, comes back up. If it goes down and doesn't come back up, then we're initiating our stuff. Those things most of our customers don't even know that we're doing. Right. Right. And I think that's something that speaks to us is the fact that we're doing that because we, we understand how important the internet is and for them to show up on a Monday morning and have no internet. Hmm. Uh, I mean, that's terrible. Detrimental. Detrimental. Yeah. Right. Downtime is a killer. Right. I mean, we want to talk about technology. The killer in technology is downtime. Right. And then going into COVID and everyone went remote and then everyone went to the cloud mm-hmm. and then all these cloud applications have to start working together to try <laughs> to get it done. One thing breaks and four things are, you know, not working. Right. That's kind of the, the state that we work in. So being proactive in the monitors and the stuff that you put up there. Um, did I ask you to put those things up there? No. Why did you put them up there? Um, cause I got tired of having them up on my monitor all the time. So I needed somewhere where I could just throw them and have them up there. Yeah. And visually, right. I mean, uh, we've had customers, we bring a lot of customers into the office mm-hmm. because I feel it's important for them to see what their IT company department really looks like. Right. Um, would you agree that some of the IT directors that we brought in here are a little bit jealous of what we have here from an operation? Oh yeah. Yeah, and they've said, yeah. I wish I had that. How we do, don't, what yeah. is that? <laughs> How'd you do that? We don't have that. Yeah, exactly. And I think sometimes those guys are just putting out fires, mm-hmm. you know, all day long that they just can't, they can't come up for error. Right. Right. That's a, that's a little bit different for us. And, you know, we love to work with IT directors. Uh, IT directors have a place in all of their organizations, but one of the things that we can help them uh, work with is they're offloading their help desk. Right. Because those guys don't like taking password resets and, and lockouts and printers and scanners and emails <laughs> and QuickBooks, right? All of those things. And Nobody I think likes printers. No one <laughs> likes printers. I, I mean, can't believe we're still using printers. And fax. Still today, fax. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Um, so I, I appreciate the fact that you're, you're reading, trying to figure out what's going on, to one, to make you a better technician, but two, how can we you know, take whatever we've learned, put it into our organization to help our customers. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's also important to understand that when we get a trouble taken in from a customer on an, on an issue that we're not aware of yet, what's really cool for us is the fact that we get to take that fix and we get to roll it out to thousands of desktops. Right. There's a lot of power in that and sending notifications out and saying, listen, uh, Microsoft just rolled out this update. It just broke a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And two, understanding what it is, because I think there's a lot of 
a lot of relief when our customers call in and we say, yeah, we're aware of that and we're working on it mm-hmm. versus I had no idea on oh, my internet's down. Yeah. We're aware of that and we're working on it. Right. That's the proactive, that's the power of, of kind of what you've put together on those, those things. And I think they look badass. Yeah. They yeah. look really cool. Now the chairman, right? The chairman, <laughs> uh, you know, thinks that we've overspent. We have too many TVs. Oh, well, but I've already I've already pref, uh, told her that we're we're getting ready to add four more. Oh really? Yeah, just Uh-oh. just so it's out there. Um, all right, what else? I think it's interesting. One of the conversations you had that you kind of predicted this is where we would be in you know three to five years. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit more, and this is not in character of me. I was a little bit more pessimistic. Um, so with that. Where do you think we are in the next 12 months? Where do you think we are in the next 24 months? Mm, next 12 months, I mean, I think we're still going to be settling in here um, and kind of trying to figure out how to use this space uh, to the best of our ability. Are you, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, well, because we have that whole center portion where, I mean, we have a couple guys there. but Excuse me. Um, well, we, we moved into this space. For growth, right, right. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful space out there, real estate that we gotta we get to fill up, right. Um, yeah, I think maybe in 12 months we'll add three to five more techs, mm. um, and then in 24 uh, months, two years, maybe another five. I think we'll grow roughly around like five techs per year. Yeah, yeah, um, and. So talk to me about the conversations that we had about what that growth looks like. We are we already know what the next five techs look like. Right. Right? Because we've been talking about this concept of pods. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's one of the other things that we do as a company is, and you've heard me say this, okay, what does it look like when we're doing one of these a day? What does it look like when we're doing 10 a day? Right. Right? So if we're doing 50 tickets a day, what does it look like when we're doing 100? Right? And so... So one of the things for the listeners is, right, so our blue team, we call it our blue team. Um, we got the alpha pod, which is which is our only pod right now. But we're, uh, what would you say, developing, um, indoctrinating, that's a terrible word, <laughs> um, um, morphing. Forming. Forming, uh, okay. Growing. Uh, growing, right, uh, what the next pod is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And not to get into all that stuff, but we kind of know what our growth looks like. Right. Right. We, we're not saying we're just not adding text willy nilly. We, we have texts that we know that we need to be bringing on. We'd like to be a tech heavy. Mm-hmm. Right. We're probably a tech and a half uh, right now. Right. We brought Aaron on because he was a fantastic guy. Right. And uh, still kind of green, but um, he's he's just kind of uh, I don't want him to be bored. So we're you know <laughs> giving him a bunch of other stuff, too. So we're, we like to be a tech heavy. Why are we a tech heavy? Uh, just so we can keep answering the calls in three rings and, you know, keep grabbing tickets, uh, you know, within under 29 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it keeps the stress off of our, uh, texts. So when people do call and they're frustrated, the text can absorb that and kind of turn it around and turn it into a positive experience. What happens when that breaks? Um, tension, a lot of tension. And... Uh, remind me of the help desk that you were at before Taos. Uh, Taos. Yeah. How was the stress at Taos? Uh, what is that? That's a true traditional it call center. Right. You know, type environment. Yeah. Um, I mean the stress and the tension were there on a daily basis. Um, 
because you weren't. I would have never sat down with the uh, the owner of the company and had a podcast with them. Yeah. Because um, at that point you're just a number, and you know there's no first name, no last name, um, and that you know shows to the clients when they call in. You know, it's very monotonous. It's every time you call in, it's a different person. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to do with these pods is when our clients call in, they're going to get the same team every time that's they call right. in um, and be familiar with the, the techs that they work with and grow a relationship with the techs. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Sorry. Uh, what do you think those relationships are important? Well, because I hate calling into Cable One, and it's you know a different tech. I couldn't tell you the names of any of the techs. Mm-hmm. Um, and my opinion of Cable, sorry, Sparklight nowadays. Yeah. Um, Sparklight, CenturyLink, they're all in the same bucket. My opinion of them is very low because I I don't have a relationship with any of them. Mm-hmm. There's no opportunity to form a relationship with CenturyLink. And what what in the relationship uh, creates institutional knowledge, mm-hmm. right? I mean. Um, you go out there and talk to, well, you guys, right? I mean, you know, so many people, right? right? And those people start to, to build a rapport with you, right? We understand what your machine's doing. We understand what your network is, right? Mm. If we start growing and we start dispersing that amongst other techs, we're going to lose that. And the thing for us is we've designed what, what we're going to do to scale so that doesn't go away, right? Right, and so we've already have we we've already architected that, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is a little bit different, and I think a lot of companies, not just IT companies, but I think I you know companies in general struggle with that. I think the big uh, threshold for those people were coming through COVID, mm-hmm. right? There were a lot of companies that took on a significant amount of business, and they couldn't handle it, and they couldn't handle it because I don't think they knew how to scale, right? Right. What does it look like when you're taking, you know, 25 phone calls a day? Okay. That's one thing. What does it look like when you're doing 50? What does it look like when you're doing 100? I always love that commercial um, Granger, right? If you really want to throw a monkey, it was a radio ad that he used to listen to all the time. If you want to throw a monkey wrench into us, call in and order a million of something. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. You know what I mean? And I was just like, yeah, I mean, it's easy to call in order five. Right. Right. But for us, we already have the uh, the wheel, right? It's called the flywheel, right? And I think, I don't think I have the book here, but it's um, in a f- t- Collins maybe. We'll have to look to see who that is, but it basically talks about the flywheel. Amazon uses that really, really well, right? So when you bring on one customer, how does that one customer help you turn the flywheel to create momentum that everyone else benefits from? And I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. when. Microsoft does something stupid to Office 365 and we figure out what the fix is, we can take that knowledge across our entire, you know, customer base. Right. Before we wait for the bulletin coming from Outlook because Outlook hasn't figured out or Microsoft hasn't figured out that they broke the damn thing. Right. So um, so we know what this scalability looks like and the scalability has to be in alignment with what? Has to be in alignment with our vision statement mm-hmm. and our mission statement. Mm-hmm. Um so any experiences that you had at uh, Taos or, well, Verizon, you really can't say, uh, maybe Meridian, uh, Ford on the IT side that um, your experiences have, have helped you make sure that our culture stays the way that it is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, all my previous experiences are either going to be uh, uh, 
detractor or an addition to what I want to build here. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, or my previous companies have given me examples of things that didn't work and what we shouldn't bring here. And I think we've done a good job avoiding those. What, what is one, like, give me an example of like, what is that? Um, uh, client types, I think I would go with, um, like which kind of clients to avoid, um, Mm. just because I see what it did to the techs that were on those teams. Um, and they just create very high stress environments and the, the, as you would say, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze for a lot of that. So that, so that means, so there was a stigmatism or, uh, some sort of reputation tied to the client. They were high maintenance or, I mean, what is that? Yeah, and it's typically centered around, like, retail. Okay. Um, So retail clients, I mean, a lot of the times retail clients operate outside of our business hours, right? And so our on-call is going to get stressed a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But also they're in a high-paced environment, and they can't give us a whole lot of information when they call in. So that's a detractor for our troubleshooting process. Right. Um, In terms of, like, uh, culture... um, you know, I, I think uh, for what it's worth, Taos gave me a lot of examples as to what worked um, and what didn't work. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd try and apply those same concepts here. The stuff that worked, not the stuff that didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. What was some of the stuff that didn't work? Um, the disconnect between, like, the upper management and then um, the everyday employees, I guess I would put. Um, so, like, is level one, level two? Um, yeah. Well, more like the... That's more in the technical stuff. Yeah, yeah. More like the, the leads and the management. I mean, I said this earlier, you were just kind of a number. Mm-hmm. And there was really no personal connection there, um, which I, we very much try to avoid here. And how do we do that? Uh, I mean there's times outside of work where we all just kind of hang out and do land parties in the office or um, we're all very much involved in keeping up with each other on day-to-day lives. You know, mm-hmm. how was your weekend? Um, oh, hey, congrats on the new kid. Um, you know, here's my camping trip and I'm going to share my camping trip with all of you. Uh, I bring my dog in every Friday. Yep. Sue comes in on Friday. Yeah. And I think everyone enjoys that. It kind of loosens up the environment a little bit. Because yeah. it's not typical that you have a, a weekly pet visit, I suppose. <laughs> how How is the interaction between, let's just call admin, mm-hmm. right, uh, and the technical team here? Uh, really good. I mean, everyone on the admin team comes out, and um, whether we're doing, like, you know, company thing after hours or even day-to-day stuff, it's come out, visit talk with people, catch up, see how they're doing. What about like uh, decisions that we've got to make as a company? We typically roundtable those in our weekly meeting yeah. um, just to kind of get input from all sides. And, um, you know, we we try not segregate the big decisions from the team because it's going to affect them as well. So they should have some input to it. Yeah. Do you think we do a pretty good job of – uh, I mean, have there really been any major decisions that we've made that, you know, the team hasn't had a, a say in? No. I mean, even big decisions like uh, moving offices. I mean, everyone was 
very well aware of the options that were available, and um, I think at one point we even voted on them. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was one time that we were actually, people were drawing on their own floor plans. Oh, yeah. I remember that on the whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some people would say, well, it's, you know, it's my decision. I'm going to do that. I, I just, it, it really, it is my decision, mm-hmm. right? Ultimately. Um, and I have to sign the checks and I, you know, I bear that responsibility, which is fine, but there's still, um, a piece of, you know, respect for getting feedback and input from, you know, the rest of the team. Right. Because I want the rest of the team. I think any, was there anyone not super excited about the space here? No, once we all saw it, I mean, we were all very excited. Yeah. Then it become when we move in, when we move in, when we move in. Right. I mean, uh, and quite frankly, we couldn't get out of that space that we were we were in ter- uh, beforehand. That that the space was was fine, uh, but we couldn't grow anymore. Right. Right. I mean, we were talking to some bigger customers, you know, taking on you know thousand fifteen hundred you know type machines, and we we were just like we can take we can do that for you. Mm-hmm. But the problem was that the space wasn't in alignment with where we needed to be from a company standpoint. Right. And it is now, right? I mean, we've got plenty of space to grow. Um, you know, I'd say we're probably, what, 30% capacity in our space right here? Mm, yeah, if you're counting all the offices. The exterior offices, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, what else? I mean, uh, what's your experience like uh, been interacting with me? Uh, I mean, it's been great. Um you know, it's not just that you're my boss. It's uh, I kind of feel like a friendship has fostered there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when I'm talking to my friends uh, outside of work, and you know, they're complaining about their bosses or whatnot, I just get to sit back and say, ah, I don't have that issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, how do you think? Uh, well, you and I have uh, been in arguments, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you think that, that we go away from those arguments as uh, I win, you lose uh, type scenarios? I mean, we just had one kind of uh, Monday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon um, I on the distribution list for uh, notifications for our customers. <laughs> right. Um, no, I, I think uh, we're pretty good at recognizing um, something that you've drilled into my head quite a bit as respond versus reacting. Mm. Um, so I, I think we're pretty good at identifying that when we're reacting and when we have to kind of step away, um, maybe, you know, take a couple hours or overnight to kind of chew on something and then come back and find a middle ground or some sort of compromise. And it's, I I never really get the feeling, you know, oh, I lost that argument with Chris or, oh, I won that argument with Chris. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's not about that. It's more about moving forward in the best uh, foot forward for our clients. Yeah, right, completing the the mission statement. Right. Right? I mean, the mission statement is above, you know, kind of all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I thought it was interesting, right? So I sent you, you know, uh, a Teams on Wednesday, and I just say, listen, sorry for me, and, you know, snipping on my way out. That really wasn't my intent. But at the same time, I recognized you weren't really in the headspace to, you know, to have a productive conversation. Mm-hmm. And if I tried to force that issue, it was just going to – it, it wasn't going to be productive, right. right? So we get to take that conversation up. And obviously that gave you time to think about it because you sent me, you know, your thoughts on, you know, what 
the remedy for basically it was network notifications about how to communicate with our customers <laughs> when right. shit goes south. Right. Right. We've been having this issue with our VFAX vendor for a month. Right. Um, talk to me about the, the conversation we also had. It was a little bit more intense in the conference room when we were talking about, um, Oh, I forget the actual catalyst. Uh, but you and I were kind of in two different camps. Yeah. Right. And it was in the conference room. Right. And you were holding on to it and you, had, you remember what you said to me? Mm, yeah. Um, something along the lines of taking this opinion. I don't want it to be like a black mark on my record. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Cause I, we were kind of debating on our scope, um, and what would be our Oh, response. asset recovery. Asset right. recovery, right? We had a customer. Uh, that's right. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> had a customer uh, trying to reach out to us, go pick up uh, some assets, IT, technical, technology, whatever. Uh, we had this big discussion. And I think, quite frankly, it was an interesting conversation because there was more than just you and I, right? I mean, we had, you know, Shez was in there, James was in there, Will was in there. Mm-hmm. Are we going to be in the business of asset recovery? Uh, we are not in the business of asset recovery. Right. Uh, we've talked about that now. But there was, you know, this this point on scope between you and I. And because I knew that your feathers were ruffled. And I asked you about that. And you said that to me. And what was my response? Uh, you know, it, it, it's not going to be a black mark on your record. Yeah. it's ju- It's just a conversation. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I think there are a lot of people that that are in your boat where they don't feel like they can give their feedback, Mm -hmm. right, and not be punished for it. Right. And, right, it's because apparently you've had experiences like that before. Yeah. Yeah, because that was, you know, an old behavior that was coming up, you know, somewhere else. And what did I tell you? I said, that's not the case. This is just, you know, the way it is. Now, ultimately, uh, we went your way, right? It dissolved itself. No, we it went, went your down. way, right? Oh, okay. You can take you can take ownership <laughs> for that. But I think it was an hour. I mean, that was a you know long long discussion. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to, for uh, us to understand that there is a big difference between reacting and responding. Right. Right. And uh, we drilled that in with uh, you know with the guys, and they could tell you. Uh, the difference, you know, between that, mm-hmm. right? And also, you know, reacting and responding on, on phone calls and emails, right. right? And not necessarily taking them, you know, people say, well, we shouldn't take it personally. I think we should, we do take it personally. So I don't think that's the problem. It's how we respond or react to, you know, to the communication. Right. You know what I mean? Um, what other little nuances do we do here that you like? We get a lot of company lunches, which is great. <laughs> we, we do get a lot of company listeners. I don't we know love it when co- we, uh, that, well, that's yeah. She doesn't like it because she doesn't make it. Right. And then I don't tell her. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Company lunches are fantastic. What's even better is when we bring in a, a client. Oh yeah. Right. Um, yeah. For for our listeners new to this, we typically try to bring in our larger customers, our CTOs, our COOs, our owners. About every quarter, mm-hmm. and we bring them in for lunch, and we sit down and we just kind of roundtable, like what's working, what's not working. Um, I remember we did that. I think one of the first ones people we did that with was Ashley Taylor, yep, CEO over at Miranda, mm-hmm. who is now is the CEO at Aspen Creek, right? 
She's only been there three weeks, four th- weeks, three weeks. Mm-hmm. And in the first few days, she sent an email to you mm-hmm. and said, Hey, listen, I'm just now the CEO. We got a, we got some stuff to do. She was in the office, right? We brought in the big fajita spread and, mm-hmm. and away we go. Yeah. We love bringing customers, clients into, into the office. Yeah. Well, it, you know, kind of builds upon that relationship. Plus you're getting food. You know, yeah. We great. love food. <laughs> uh, what else? Nuances. Um, cool things. Yeah. I, I mean, sometimes when the afternoons are slow, you'll uh, come in and have us throw up a movie on one of the screens. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll take down one of the the least important dashboards or something. I uh, saw you guys hovering around one of the, the monitors for a new game that just came out. Yeah. Yeah. Starfield just came out. So uh, I knew all the guys were interested in it. So I just threw it up on the monitor. Who's got the best gaming PC of all you guys? Oh, uh <laughs> I mean, let's just get let's just cut right to it, right? Uh, I mean, everyone on the floor is a gamer except me, right? Um, it probably be me. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Who's got the second? Uh, and they're all gonna watch this, right? So right. So now I gotta make a judgment call here. Uh, I don't know. Shez gets a lot of my uh, my parts after okay, yeah. I upgrade. Yeah. So. Trey Trey's benefited uh, from some of those hand me downs. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, you know, uh, PC parts are moving so quickly nowadays that as soon as you buy something, it's outdated anyway. So who's driving that? Software guys, gaming guys, uh, I think OS. In, I think Nvidia is driving a lot of it. Nvidia and Intel. Really? Um, well, yeah, because I mean, Nvidia is making a whole bunch of uh, progress in their AI capabilities, and you know, with every iteration of a GPU uh, graphics card. Um, you know, people are just going to throw that into their AI uh, machine learning chassis and kind of pump out more and more. So it's like feeding itself. NVIDIA releases a chip, AI ramps up, AI needs more power, NVIDIA releases a more powerful chip. It's it's never ending. Mm-hmm. And people just continue to chase, chase it. Bigger and better thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah bigger and better thing. Um well, uh, what else? I don't know. Food, I gaming. Uh, we're planning on going shooting soon, right? Probably going to go uh, send some uh, bullets down range. Yeah. Yeah, we got that on there. I know we're going to, uh, Victor and I are planning to cook for you guys again. We're we're working on that. Oh, nice. All right. uh, more food. More f- <laughs> Funny how everything's tied around food around yeah. these guys. Uh, well, I just want to say thank you. I thought it was cool for you to come in, uh, sit in the studio, have a conversation because you've been here with five, five years for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, in case you hadn't heard, Chez is in the hot seat next. Oh, good. Um, I'll stand right out there. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, his five years is coming up too. He's been a big part of, of, uh, what we've done and granted it was, uh, you two guys and me for a fair amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, monumental to our success, I would say. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree. And and we're going to have a lot of conversa- funny conversations about him because he didn't know shit from Shinola mm-hmm. on IT. <laughs> now he's sitting with you guys on, on Red Team, too. Red. So, um, listen, I just want to say thanks. Uh, and I've told you this numerous times, right? We definitely would not be here. We would not be having these conversations. There's a lot of things that my family and I have got to do. Uh, my friends uh, are the ripple effects of what you have provided here, right? If you really sit down 
and you think about how profound that is, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just not my life that's been affected. It's your life, right? The the sphere and the ripple effects of your friends, right, in your family. All of those guys out there. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, and I have a great deal of gratitude to you as well for giving me that opportunity to kind of lead this because I've always been striving for that, like in my previous jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was always, oh, you're just a tier one tech. But you saw something in me and gave me the opportunity and here we are. Yeah. Uh, talk to us, talk to the to audience why we don't talk about tier one, tier two. Um, feels like it splits the desk up mm. needlessly. Um, that's why we kind of went with the color scheme on the green team, red team, blue team. Um, cause then it's not ranking the teams. It's just teams with different, different responsibilities. Um, so it's a way to just kind of keep us as one whole unit rather than, uh, kind of chop us up into different teams. Yeah. I, I mean, I suppose color tiers. Yeah. Tier tiers. ones, tier two tiers. Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, more often than not, I, I see, you know, multiple guys collaborating on working on one ticket. Right. Right. I mean, if we, maybe we should put a camera, can we live stream a camera? So, so people like, our, fuck the stat. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Damn. I said can it. You, I, I that? was doing so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, we're, the, the status page, you know, those bullshit status pages, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, seen on there. Maybe what our status page is, uh, should be live stream. We have a status page. No, but we need a better status page, which is live stream. Oh, uh, like this is what's going on. Uh, uh, we have snow cams. Yeah. Why can't we have the help desk cam? I think probably watching 11 guys sit at a computer for. No, night. but I mean, I'm not saying people, I mean, unless you're, you got a voyeurism problem, but I'm just <laughs> saying, I mean, there's a, there, there's a lot of cool stuff that's going on. I mean, we could, you know, wave or, you know, do whatever because and my point is I'm kind of, you know, half joking here is the fact that, there's a lot that these guys do just on the little things mm-hmm. to help our customers get through the day. Right. Right. And you can't put that on a website. You can't put that on, um, you know, a PDF or in a radio spot or whatever. Right. Um, that's what kind of why, uh, I like to getting this podcast going because I think it's important for people to understand who Justin is. Mm. Right. Because, it's it's so important to their organization because we have so much responsibility and we take ownership of all that mm-hmm. right i mean we get we get cra- what's what's one of the craziest uh, support tickets that we've taken on that was completely out of scope that we said uh, i don't know i'll find you an answer <laughs> i should have had these questions beforehand yeah. because then i could prepare nah, i mean um, uh, I'm sure it's related to some sort of third-party ticket. Um, well, we did the B- rollout with uh, BME's uh, GSS, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we had nothing about, you know, that server rollout, and that server had all kinds of issues that we troubleshooted for months. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, even, you know, our big uh, site-to-site VPN network that we have with one of our clients. Yeah. Um, I think that was pretty special ticket because that was at that point uh, was something that we've never done before. Right. Um, but now, I mean, it's interconnecting, you know, 15 different sites. Yeah. Even, uh, some of the, you know, some of the softwares, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, Okta, uh, we didn't know anything about Okta, right? That was kind of a special request from one of our things. And then what's the, uh, Jira. 
Jira, right, yeah. would be you know kind of another one too. So it's not that we support those products, but those products or those applications are important to our customers. So we kind of have to understand how the flow works, right? Because you know when those guys are onboarding, you know five to ten employees a month, right, and we're responsible for provisioning you know all that hardware and getting it shipped. We need to understand how those, you know, those programs work. I was trying to think about, yeah, kind of one of the craziest things that I've overheard. Uh, yeah, it'll come to me, but we do take ownership of all that stuff is my point, mm. right? There isn't too many things that come into the desk that we, we know for sure that we say that's not our problem. Right. Right. We take full, complete ownership of all that other stuff too. So, um, okay. Well, uh, breaks over. Oh yeah. I gotta get back to it. Right. Yeah. You probably <laughs> got a whole ticket full of, or a whole queue full of, uh, full of tickets, but no, this has been fun. I think this is really informative for people just to kind of understand, you know, the breadth of, of what we what we do here. And mm-hmm. There's so much that's going on. And that's why I love having these conversations because I just get to sit here and talk about all the cool shit, right, that we get to help our customers do. Right. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, well, maybe this is it. Uh, you know, some of the stuff going on with AV, you know, on the auto video side. Mm-hmm. We're really not an AV company. Right. But the problem is that all the auto video now is sitting on a network, right? Mm-hmm. The internet of things, the IOT. Um, there's a lot of things that we don't know about that stuff, but you know, you guys are always pretty good about, well, really good all the time about figuring out what that stuff is, yeah. right? The changes going on with one of our customers and all the HVAC stuff. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And everything wants to be attached to the network. Mm-hmm. If it's attached to the network, they're going to need to have someone that, that understands how the whole thing works together, right? right? And, you know, that's kind of what the different uh, different things are too, so. Well, and how to protect it because every device that you add to the network is now a vulnerability. Yeah, what's our first pillar? Network security. And what are the, the three sub-pillars? Uh, physical, logical, and practical. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's a pillar for us. If we, if we can't protect your network, you don't have a network. Right. You don't have a network, you don't got a business. Right. Um, and you know what? It, I mean, how many businesses have we ran into that we know of that are flying by the seat of our pants? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've taken on some networks that uh, uh, keep me up at night. Yeah. But yeah. not anymore. I mean, now they're good. Yeah, because, you know, we've we've brought them into the, you know, the methodology for us. And we're always uh, – whenever, whenever a ticket comes in and we provide a solution, we always have network security sitting behind us. Mm-hmm. Right. And if if there's some going to be something that could have a hole in it, we're going to make sure that the customer decides it. Now, ultimately, that's not our decision. Right. Right. Our decision from from an IT standpoint is, okay, this is what they want to do to achieve this. Here's the upside. Here's the downside. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the customer then gets to make the decision. And, uh, you know, as well as I do, we've got customers that are pro cybersecurity, network security. Mm-hmm. And we got other customers that are completely reactive. Well, if I get hacked, they get hacked and we'll deal with it. There is nothing wrong with that. Right. Right. I mean, that's that's their um, risk assessment for their for their business. Mm-hmm. Right. We know push people into that. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank Th- you. This is uh this is always good. I always appreciate our conversations. Mm-hmm. The only difference between this conversation and the other conversation is it's on video. Yeah, it's my first podcast, so this has hey, been interesting. Perfect. <laughs> well, I think uh, hopefully Parrish got all the audio, 
and uh, and he's giving us the low battery sign, so <laughs> right. we we, we got to work on that. We got to get like a red button when our time's up. Yeah, red light. Yeah, but doesn't Trey did a pretty good job uh, putting this thing together? Oh, he put this thing all together. Well, he did all the furniture. Oh yeah, no, this looks great. That's what he was, you know. And by the way, Trey is my son. He's twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, put up all the foam pads and and you know did whatever. So it's been fantastic. So. Okay, with that, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah.